How many's enjoyed the Red Letter Challenge? Amen. Yes. How many's been engaged in the Red Letter yes. Challenge? Yes. So you've attended either Jodan's online group, went to Sister Joanne's to meet with them, went over to see Brittany and the gang, or maybe down to Dusty and Albies and had a little shindig. And but the cool part about that is, um, is the food, right? That whenever you go to one of the groups, you, you get to engage in the food. And the best part about, I, I'm in Joe Don's group, and I've told you that week after week, but we get to hear what Joe Don ate, <laughs> but we don't get to experience it other than her and Wayne uh, licking her lips and telling about how great it was um, afterward. But Dustin Alvey or Brittany's or Sister Joanne's, I'm sure they're probably eating some uh, Pop-Tarts over at Sister Joanne. She likes Pop-Tarts and uh, enjoys some good stuff. So whatever group you're going to, I'm sure that uh, you've encountered um, transformation. No matter the food, that you've encountered transformation. And I've heard stories of uh, Amy's group here at the church and some of the things her and Earl and um, them having some breakdowns. That's okay, right? In the Christian world, is it okay to have a breakdown? If it's not in your world, then you need to make it so in your world that it's okay to have God to work on our emotions and let them come to the forefront to where that he can deal with us at our root cause issue because something's causing those issues to be there. So we need to allow him to do the deep things of God and not just put on a Christian face and walk in and act like everything's okay. Amen. Amen? Amen. Because we've all got some stuff going on. Amen. Yes. Well, just me and Joe Don, everybody else here sitting with your Christian face on. Um, <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, I feel like you've got some stuff going on. <laughs> Make sure and look at Chuck. You, you missed him there. You got to look at Chuck. <laughs> they leave you out, Chuck. I think they're afraid to look at you thinking, hey, Chuck don't have anything going on. Chuck's like, yes, I do. Issues play here. So this Red Letter Challenge has taken us on this journey, and, and these weeks have uh, kind of stacked on top of each other, but at the same time been independent from each other. So um, as we're going through them, that we needed to understand that we need to be in our being with Jesus, with God. That, that being allowed us to go through other stages of other things and forgiveness and the different things that we've done and giving and, and all that and serving. But how many has had one of those topics to be part of one of the other weeks? So if it was serving the week before and then you went into the week of giving and studying about giving, that somehow serving is attached to and akin to and a lot like giving. And they can coincide, but they are different. Yes. Right? Yes. And I think he's taken us through that, the author in the book, Pastor Zach, has taken us through that in the book to see that uh, these things interlink and intertwine, but we have to have intentionality about each one of them. That there has to be a focus that I need to be with God. That if I'm always just serving and I'm never with God, what am I serving? Amen? Amen. 
Because unless you go to Kroger's or Foodland or Save-A-Lot or Dollar General or wherever you shop for food, you can only serve on that platter what you went and picked up at the storehouse. Amen? So what we're serving our fellow man, it's important to go to the storehouse to get something that we're preparing for them to serve them. So in our serving, it has to be attached to us being. Because unless I've been with God, I cannot give God. Yes. Amen? Amen? That's why it says, forsake not to assemble yourselves together, much more as you see the day approaching, that we are to assemble in a church setting and be with people in small groups and meeting in homes and meeting online. And it's a beautiful thing in the 21st century that we've got all kinds of avenues to meet and be together yes. and experience Jesus together. That we're not alone, that we're there together, and he is with us. He said, where there's two or three gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst of them. He'll meet you as an individual, I promise you that. There will be times when you're on your lawnmower, and you just sense the presence of God, and you begin to pray that you'll feel it, and tears will flow, and all that things will happen when you're in an individual state. But there's something more powerful when two or three get together in his name. And begin to say, man, he's been good to me this week. Man, I, I, I was out there on the skitter this week, and, and, and I just felt the presence of God, and he, and he touched me, Earl. And only a logger would understand that. So you're going to be around some loggers that they understand that, because a lot of people are going to like, what's a skitter? They don't even know. So sometimes you need to be around people like you, and that's okay. Sometimes you need to be around, be around people that's different than you. To broaden our horizons and allow God to to see that God moves and he isn't uh, particularly engaged in one specific occupation, but he can meet everybody wherever they're at. Amen. And there's allowed to be a diversity of people and God meets all of us where we're at. But we need to be together and, and in these church settings like we're in today, that as we experience God, it's being here. And we're being with Jesus today. During the song, during the moments when you put your offering into play and giving. During the moments of his words being shared from the pulpit. During the part of greeting before the service. And if you're standing in the back and telling about how good God's been to you through the week and you're testifying in the back in after service. It's all part of being. And God wants us to be with him. But this week that we're going into now that and the way the book worked out this time because we started on January the 1st and didn't do, they intend for you to start on a different day of the week so that it lands on the Sunday. But how many knows it's a bridge we just did it our way? And ain't nobody going to tell us what to do. Amen? We'll do what we want to do. Just like John said, you all start on the 1st, I'll start on the 2nd. Man, that'll move it. That's how it's going to be. Your group's no better than mine. So, this week is about going that you've already began part of and you'll continue through this week, uh, the final week of the Red Letter Challenge is going. And sometimes we need to go. For far too long, Christians have huddled in the safe, comfortable place of the church house and they've been Christians and devout Christians inside of a room like this one. But when they go out in the street, they have to hide their light under the bushel because 
they don't want to be controversial or they don't want to bring any attention to themselves and they want to just hide in the shadows. But Jesus didn't save you for you to sit silent and say, this salvation is just for me. Amen. He saved you to be an active force in his kingdom and that is to let others know that he's available for them. And your friends and your family, your neighbors, your communities need to hear what he's capable of doing because they don't know. There's people outside the four walls of this church that has no idea of the power, the presence, and the peace of God. How many needs his power? How many needs him to do what you can't do? How many needs his presence where that he fixes your emotions and lets you just be, to be a wreck sometimes, but in the midst of that, he's healing from the inside out? Amen? And how many needs his peace that passes all understanding? That in the midst of trouble and situations and trials and tribulations, that I can walk with my head high and I can say, I've got the peace of God. Why? Because I know who holds my hand and I know who holds tomorrow. And no matter what I'm facing right now, it does not matter. To the world, it looks like you ought to be in shambles, but you're walking around saying, God can fix this. Amen. With him, all things are possible. Why am I going to worry about it? You're looking at it all frantic and upset and what's going to happen and how's this going to go down. And I don't know how I'm going to make tomorrow ends meet. But guess what? If he's your provider, why are you worried about what you can do? That's right. Amen. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, only God can provide anyway. But in order to go... You gotta be out there. And you gotta put yourself out there. And sometimes that's not comfortable. A lot of times that's not comfortable. That's not easy. And it and with Christians in our culture, in our world, and in, in the realm in which we live. We condition God to our opinions and our ideology and all those things that we try to bring into our Christianity and make the Christianity our version of it. But the truest and purest form of Christianity is Jesus and who He is. Amen? Amen. Not all my experiences, not on what my perception is that it is who he is. So when we go, we can't go and take our version of Jesus. We go and simply take Jesus. Because my version of Jesus may be skewed by what I think. And I, maybe what I think is not really the truest, purest form of who Jesus is. Amen? So when we go and we present Jesus to our fellow citizens, our fellow community, we've got to understand, I need him to present himself. So if I've been with him, being, if I've forgiven my neighbors and those that has fought not against me and I've asked for forgiveness and I've, I've issued forgiveness to people that said I'm sorry, 
It's not easy sometimes. I've had to do that during this red letter challenge. People come in and say, I'm sorry. I didn't want to say I'm sorry, but okay, I forgive you. Right? So you go through these steps and stages. And yes, I've, I've, I've gave and I've, I've served. And it's so beautiful to see uh, the youth go down and uh, serve at the nursing home and, and uh, go and worship and just share uh, the love of God with people Amen. that need to hear. And those old saints that are confined to the four walls of that nursing home can't come to this place and meet with us. And Jesus asked us to go meet with him there. But going is needed today because I believe that there's a lot of people that won't come because of what they think church is. Uh-oh. One got the other started fucking chaining in. They're beautiful, though. We love babies. So thankful that we've been able to... Uh... <laughs> present them to the Lord here lately. It's a beautiful thing. So this... I want to tell you this story that... How many feels like your life is a rush? How many feels like you're going 100 mile an hour and you can't slow it down? It's just like... I, I've got the brake pedal and I'm jamming it and I'm, it just, it don't slow down. It just, for you with parents with kids and you see them and they're little snotty nose crybabies like that and then they grow up and the next thing you know they're next age where they're terrible twos, right? There's some of them around here, you have terrible twos and there's all these stages that these kids go through and it's a beautiful thing getting to witness that but it just happens way too fast. That it, it makes no sense to me that my nephew has two kids. I, I'm not that old. I'm really not that old. And it's just scary how fast that happens that you seem like you can't wait to graduate high school and then you blink twice and then there's people that you graduate high school with that's got kids and grandkids and it's just scary, John, that we're, we're, we're not old. I'm old. You're not old. You're still 29. I know how that works. You know, it's still 29 forever. But life is so fast that it just... I, and I think it's always been that way. It's not anything new. There's nothing new under the sun. That, that King Solomon had this understanding that I've been young and I've been old. and it just Everything's meaningless. The older you get, the more you look around and you see that just that money really means nothing. Right. That, and Especially whenever you see somebody in their senior years and they end up in a terrible place and maybe they get some bad news from a doctor and it's like that money means nothing it has nothing it means absolutely nothing but when we're young we're capturing and going after and trying to get all we can because we feel like we're storing up for something here and I need to have a nice house and I need to drive a nice car and I need to do these things but in reality those things mean nothing The Bible says in all you're getting, get wisdom. Yes. Get understanding. Mm -hmm. Get perspective of what's important. But I, I'm no different than all the rest of us. We're all just the same. That life just goes by so quick and we're so caught up just trying to keep up and do the best we can and get through another day. 
we've been with Jesus. And if we've experienced Him, and if I've forgiven, and if I've served, and if I've gave, He can meet us in the middle of our mess, in our haste, in our activities that we got to do. And He can stop us in our track in an instant. Because we're acutely aware of He is telling me something. And that happens to me from time to time, but this week it happened. And it's one of those things that I, I, I love when it happens. Don't you love when you meet Jesus and you feel Him and you sense and you know that it's Him talking and it's Him telling you to do something you can't do in and of yourself? This week I come home on a Friday after a long week and a lot of stuff happens at work and you got all these things going on and you got a wife that's rushing you to get there. You got somewhere to be. Planned, scheduled, coordinated, right? And she wants to go to Al's and Artie's that Is that a bad thing? Absolutely not. Schedule me, plan, get me there anytime you can, right? That's good stuff. Break up a pizza, support local. But when I go there, I don't really like that place because they don't give me chips. No crackers, no chips. If Roger John's listening or watching, please, Roger. <laughs> Get some crackers, buddy. Don't you know how to run a restaurant? <laughs> so, in my haste and in my worry and in my um, <clears throat> my first scratching, I wrote notes in front of me. It's just been all week. But whenever I was um, driving through town and, you know, <clears throat> Leave up the Earl Navy to be downtown when I was walking across the street to go get my truck to land and bought a truck and because the courthouse is already closed. Needed somebody to sign the back of the title for him, so there I go and I meet them to do that and you know, we got a time to be at Artie's and it's all working out and it's all gonna be fine and Going out there, and I'm thinking, I'm going, I'm going to give me some chips when I go to Artie's, right? How many likes Cool Ranch Doritos? Is that not the most awesome? The blue bag is the best bag. You know, some people like red. I like blue. If you like red, move to Ohio. And, <laughs> amen. Uh-oh. Thank you, man. So, I, I'm... As Leslie's coming, and I, and I know I've got a minute or two to spare there, I, I, I was sitting and I was like, do I go in B-Mart and get my bag of chips? Right, you can go in B-Mart and get your bag of chips. And there are people buzzing around there, and I don't, I don't like the hassle of, I don't know, I just don't like it. So I was like, nah, I'll, I'll go over here to the old faithful Dollar General. Right? How many love Dollar General? I remember the days where there was no Dollar General. I like Dollar General. It's pretty awesome. You can go in there and get about anything. It's 
they've, they've uh, fully furnished those places. So I, I go into Dollar General and I, I'm, I'm in my element, in my moment, and I walk through there and I think I'm just going to get my blue bag of chips. I'm going to walk out of here. I'm going to pay for them. And it's all going to be okay. Because that's my plan, right? I, I've got plans. Let's just make plans. And she's already got the table sitting over there. She already texted somebody to meet us there. Maybe it's going to be there. So the him and her family. And I walk through there, and as I'm walking up the aisle, because I never remember where anything's at. How many, when you go to Dollar General, you walk through every aisle there, and it's finally the last aisle that you go through is where you actually, the thing you want is in that one. It's like I walk through everything. And I'm stumbling through there, and I'm going, I'm in the wrong spot, and I, somehow I'm at the coffee aisle. Looking for the blue bag of chips, but that's just where I was, Pete. I don't know how or why. I was just walking through the coffee aisle. And as I was walking through there, um, I saw this in a uh, couple walking up the street there um, between B-Mart and I watched them walk in the building because I'm a people watcher. Anybody just a people watcher? Yep. I think it's called a mosey, but I, I call it people watching because it sounds better. Um, so I, I, I sat in the truck and I watched them walk in there and whenever I got off the truck, I walked in and, and, and they was there at the coffee aisle too. But God placed them at the coffee aisle because he knew that it was an appointment or he was going to meet a need. Amen. When I walked through there, this young couple, I heard them discussing. Not being able to afford the coffee their mom wanted. She got fogered and it picked up. It's picking up the generic knockoff brand. I've been seeing these video reels kind of worth it. There's these people that go out to homeless people and they take them to the store and they just give them a shopping cart and say, get whatever you want. Anybody seen those? And I think those are things that Jesus shows us yes, amen. so that we can be prepared for what he wants us to see and understand. And as I was walking there, and I, I looked at him, I said, got enough food? This is on the first of the month. I could have been a critic. Amen, amen. I could have said every reason why I don't need to do what Jesus tells me to do. I'm going to do what I want to do, but I couldn't do that. And I said, you got enough food? They said, no. Our utilities were so high this month. He said, I'm just going to fight with my brother. And I told him, I said, go get a car. And you've got to fill it as full as you want with anything in the store that you want. And I'll buy it. He looked at me and said, you serious? And I'm not bragging on me, I'm bragging on God. Because I didn't have $5 in my wallet that was mine. The money I have in my wallet is God's. He's going to give it to me. And this book said in giving, that if we could learn to give away 90 and keep them live on 10, that God would continually bless us and pour on us and all this. And I just believe it's true. So there was race car parts that I wanted. 
And it's my race car money that's in my wallet. But it's not my race car money. That's God's money. And if he tells me to give it away, then he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour race car parts out in my lap that I don't have no understanding of. That's how it works. And maybe I don't even need race car parts. Maybe it's a one. <laughs> yeah, she's hiding in the back. Talk about courthouse clothes. She's doing stuff in the back. Um, so, whenever I tell that, and the boy looks at me, are you serious? And I said, absolutely. Go get the cart, and anything you want in this store is yours. If it fits in that cart, on the bottom of that cart, dangles off the cart, get clothes hangers to hang them on, I don't care. You fill the cart with whatever you want. And he, he looks at me and he smiles. And he don't walk to get the car. No. He runs. I'm talking full on sprint. And he comes running back to that car and he looks at her and he said, he said, get whatever you want to this little girl. She's not a girl, she's a girlfriend, wife, I don't know. And they, they start putting in, and, they, and she, she picks up this, she said, I like juice. I said, there's water, there's pop, there's, I like juice. I said, well, get all the juice you want then. And she gets one juice and sits in there. <coughs> and literally, I, I stood with them and followed them up and down the aisles, and they was picking one thing out at a time. That's something they'd like to have. When I told them to get whatever they want, they could have got three pregos if they wanted it. one up at a time. And literally, five minutes later, they didn't even have the bottom of the car covered. I said, man, wouldn't you like to have these chips? These tortillas, whatever they are? You know what I'm talking about? The big scoops? Anybody likes the big scoops? <laughs> the super size? Yeah. I said, what, what about this this salsa, what do you like? You like hot stuff? He said, Oh, yeah, I like hot stuff. I said, Get the whole thing. Okay, here, get this. And she said, Well, Mom don't like hot stuff. And I said, Well, get this and then get the other one. She like cheese? Queso? Yeah, yeah, she'll eat queso. Put it in there. And I started helping them. And when they got to reality, that you can get whatever you want. When it clicked in her brain, because he was walking with the cart and he was asking her, and she's like, you think you ought to get french fries? Get a bag of french fries. Then he'd go up a little bit and he thought, I might need more french fries. And he'd go back and he'd get them. And he'd run back. And by the end of the time, and I'm talking literally, I was there with him at least 20-some minutes, at least. He was running all the store and leaving the cart set. And running back and time I was standing there thinking I, I'm so thankful for what God's allowed me to have Amen. and how has he allowed me to exist and I don't deserve none of it he's blessed me 
way more than I deserve for my character. But in my blessing, I know he's blessing me to be a blessing. It's why you bring them to church, because they repeat what they hear, and they learn what to do and how to act. Bring the babies to church. And this young couple, when they had it, I'm, I'm talking, heated up. It was over the top. They had stuff crammed in the bottom. It, it was way down. It's wonder the cart could hold what they had in it, seriously. And, and he was hanging stuff on the side, and it, the cart broke my heart the most. Because food is perishable. It, I know they say imperishable on it, but it perishes when it goes through your digestive system. It's temporary. And this this little girl there, she she looked and it was the Valentine's Hall. How many thanks God for men, especially Dollar General, for Valentine's? You know, that's that's the time when you wait plumb up to the day Derek and then you run in there to get something. Because you had planning anything you could really do, and you run in there to get something, and usually the shelves are about half empty by then, but you go and get something. But the and, and we had the cart kind of parked there at the end of that aisle, and, and this little girl she sprints down through there and she picks up these rows. And, If we don't go, who's going to? If we don't slow down and listen to the voice of God in that instance, who is going to? This world don't care if people die in hunger around the world. And if the church, the church of Jesus, don't, who's going to? That's why he's asking us this week to know. And I'm not telling you to repeat what I just said. Because some people don't need things. Some people need a ear. Amen. Some people need some advice. And some of you have been through some storms. You, you can explain some things to some young people. And open up our mouth and say what God says to say. Whom shall I send? And who will go for me? It's an Isaiah, the Old Testament prophet. God says, Whom shall I send? And who will go for me? And Isaiah begins to tell God, I'm a man of unclean lips. God gave him a vision. I saw the Lord. He was high lifted up. His train filled the temple. I beheld his glory. Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. God's not looking at how clean your lips are, whether he's going to send you. Amen. He's looking at the purpose of the place he's going to send you to and whether he's represented when you get there. <coughs> if 
you wait till you're clean enough to go, you'll never go. If you wait till your heart's pure enough and you have no sin in you, you'll never go. I'm a broken man in a broken world filled with broken people Amen. that knows the healing God. Yes. Isaiah went and he proclaimed the word of God. And there's all, if you read the Old Testament, just read Isaiah sometime and see some of the verses in there. Isaiah 41 is one of the best I think of his writings, but you can go read those. When are we going to go? And I don't think we have to ask, is he sending us? Amen. Amen. So as always, during our little challenge, I've got talking points and pretty clothes and all these different things. And today, I'm, I don't know whether this is a... I don't know whether this shirt comes from Mexico or Cherokee, North Carolina. I, I don't know, <laughs> Dolly bought it for me, Chris, and I kind of like it. Dolly Pee Wee, they buy me a Christmas shirt every year. This is my Christmas shirt. I kind of like it. And But when I wear it, it's like I go in this other element, right? I just take on this other, you know, like my grandma, uh, Frances, her uh, grandmother's name was America. How many like to have the name America? That just sounds awesome, doesn't it? That's in the early 1800s. She was named America. So if anybody has another kid and you're looking for a name and you're struggling to find a name for it, just call it America. That'd be, that'd be awesome. Boy, girl, I think it meets any demand, don't you? So America's pretty awesome. I like it. Um, so... I don't know what y'all in paid for it. They never said they, they tear the tags off of them. Try to hide that. I think they're afraid I'll talk you back or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you ever give gifts to somebody like that? You know, they're the kind of takes everything back, so you just tear the tag off so they can't. Right? Um, so I kind of like this shirt. It's nostalgic. It's kind of, I just imagine, you know. If I had a big feather hat, kind of thing, like, you know, Cherokee and then Chief Benjamin Wall or something like that would be awesome. This <laughs> makes me feel better. Just about my clothing. And the pastor in this guy tells you to talk about, you know, different styles of pants and different things. He, that's how he leads in his sermon on this about Wranglers versus. I think Joe's or something like that. I don't really know. Maybe like blue jeans, something special. I, I mean, Derek, think we're fancy because we wear our hair yet. I think they're like way down the line compared to what he's talking about. But I like Wranglers, don't you? Carhartts, Lee's, Levi's, Rustlers. I go and get some tractor supply kind sometimes. Amen. Uh oh. Bubba, don't just. Don't hurt that boy. I can assure you one thing, Bob ain't whipping him because he don't whip him. <laughs> right, Kirsten. So, I, I really like this shirt. And I, I like it because he gave it to me because I feel special. Because 
I, I think they're really intentional when they go out and buy my shirts over here. I think they really think, what, what can we get Pastor Ben? They, they get Leslie junky stuff, but give me something real cool. <laughs> and um, I love Dolly and Pee Wee and the kids occasionally. And, Christmas, I, I dug through my grandma's uh, cedar chest and I, I found this in her cedar chest during Christmas because I stayed after. I told you I stayed after and, and my cousin allowed me to go through the cedar chest. It's my grandmother's most prized possessions that she has in the cedar chest and, and this is one of them. This is for Mammoth Foreman and he's got Garrison, Kentucky on it. And this is Kentucky Disabled Ex-Service Men's Board 140th West Broadway, Louisville, Kentucky. Ex-serviceman. He served in World War One, and at some point in his life, he was writing a letter to the ex-serviceman disabled. And anyway, he, he was intending to mail this to them, but there's no stamp on it. There's no marking from the post service saying it was ever mailed, it just kept. And somehow my grandma ended up with it and it's usually the way it is, the girls care and the boys don't care. Just saying. Right, so the boy would have threw it in the trash all her all his sons, but his daughters kept it forever because she cherished it. But um, maybe that's not always the case, but it is most of the time, I believe. So inside of this is a whole of letters, papers, deeds, um, forms, all, all, all type of stuff. And it's not, doesn't really make sense of why it would be an envelope for the disabled American, you know, service people. But it's basically like a treasure trove of his life, really, I believe, because he's, he's got some things in here, like this right here is pretty cool. So in uh, April the 1st, You know, I've been very good at typing or something. It's April 1st, 12th of 1923. He borrowed $500 from the Citizens Bank in downtown Vanceburg. Guaranteed to pay it back in four months. And $500 then would be like borrowing, I don't know, 100000 today and saying, I'll pay you back in four months. It's beyond comprehension of borrowing that kind of money. I don't, I don't know what he bought, but it's Mammoth Foreman and Stella Foreman. So Dr. Maddie's granddaughter, that I gave you the tools last week that you showed around, his granddaughter, Stella Foreman, this is her. And her husband in 1923 borrowing $500. That's, I don't understand that, but it's there. There's deeds to prove it, what they bought with it. So this is the original deed, the property. They bought off the Bruce's up in Garrison. Um, that's when we become Garrisonites as the tribe of Foreman. Uh, we went uh, downtown Meadowbrook and headed east. Um, that's pretty cool parts there. But there's two little pieces in here that intrigue me the most. Let me get to them here. I think it's right here. Yeah, right here. So in 1935, like, and by the time between 1923 to 1935, his his wife young lady passed away and ended up 
uh, a widower. And when he signed for the $500, he had no idea what was coming. And it, I'm just talking history here because I like history. Anybody ever heard of the Roaring Twenties? In the Roaring Twenties, people done some dumb things. Amen, because they had no idea what the 30s was bringing. So you better prepare for tomorrow what tomorrow might bring. So anyway, um, by 1935, this is depression still going pretty strong, and people are on hard times. And in Lewis County, how many feel like it's hard times in Lewis County, whether it's good times or bad times? It's just in Lewis County, just like it's always hard times, right? So anyway, Lewis County, uh, at that point in time, a new president got elected, FDR, Franklin Delano, Roosevelt, probably one of my favorites. Uh, my most favorite is Teddy, his uncle, I think, FDR. Uh, enacted a lot of things that Teddy couldn't enact, so I love both of them. Uh, one of them Republican, one Democrat, it really don't matter. Do the right thing, right? So anyway, they come up with this system, and, and for people that are jobless, on the verge of becoming homeless, um, they mail out these little tickets. Anybody ever seen one of these? Your family pass these down to you? 1935? How many ever been on unemployment? You've ever drawn an unemployment check? I've drawn unemployment. Brian, he's a proponent for unemployment. He he shoots for it. He he works through certain seasons of the year so he can be laid off other seasons of the year and hunt and fish and do whatever he wants to do. But this was before unemployment, so there was no unemployment system. This was called re-employment. So there's a thing, the three C's. I don't know if you ever heard of that. I'm sure Chris knows about it because he's living on the property where that happened. Uh, three C's. Um, there was NRA, not National Rifle Association, but National Recovery Act that FDR enacted. And part of those things was a re-employment service. And what this was was a ticket to go to work because there was no jobs to be had. Industry had faltered. Everything was bad. And they mailed you these tickets right here. And when they mailed these to you, it was for you to take to the job site so that they could build something that would make society better. And what this one was for was Man Foreman got this card, 1935. Widower, four kids. One of them, he, he would lose one of his sons shortly after this that passed away with pneumonia, but lost his wife. Got these cards and it says, take it to, I need you to take this to Albert Lines. He's the superintendent to build the Concord Road. Road to Concord, so Route 8. Over out eight times there. We're going to build a road because in the future somebody's going to need to travel from Ashland to Cincinnati and part of that's Route 8, right? So they hired people that didn't have a job to go build a road. But you were to get this ticket and then take it to the superintendent, and there's three different parts of this ticket, and you was to keep one, and you give these other two to your boss, and your boss was to mail one of them back to the federal government. 
and payments would come for your employment through these cards. But for some reason, old man Manna <laughs> apparently decided just, I'd rather have the card. Or maybe he said, I don't want to go to work. I don't know what happened. But either way, here's the three cards. And he didn't go where he was supposed to go. But if you don't go, guess what? You don't get. You understand what I'm saying? If you don't go, you don't get. Do I need to say it again or everybody not clear yet? If you don't go, you don't get. So he missed out on what was provided for him because he refused to go. So imagine this being spiritual. Imagine God mailing you these certificates and tell, telling you who to go see, right? And what to hand them or what to say to them. <coughs> And then when you turn these in and they mail it back into God, that then your resources come. You follow me? So what if God calls you this week and tells you to go into the byways and highways and command them and compel them to come, <coughs> amen, to God, that as you go and you compel them to come to God, that in the midst of that, that your blessing your payment is going to come because you was obedient to go. The Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen? Yes. And it's not just the pastor's job. It's not the youth pastor's job. It's not just, it's all of our job Amen. to go. That's right. And don't say, well, I don't want to go through the line at Dollar General because I don't know what to say. I didn't know what to say either other than go get the cart. Was that real hard? Did I have to have some spiritual awakening to say that God would tell me and there's a certain scripture that I had to quote that? None of that. Just go. And I didn't quote scripture to those folks. I didn't browbeat them and tell them how holy our church is. I didn't do any of that. You know what I did? When I packed them in the truck and drove down the road and dropped them off their house and carried it in their living room and helped set the groceries down, I said, God bless you, and I walked out the door. I wanted to so bad say, won't you come to the bridge with me? I really did. But I felt like, don't. Because I don't know if God wants them to go to the Christian church or the Methodist church or out there to Slay Hollow Church. Wherever God wants to send them, let him send them. All I need to do is tell them what he has for me to say, and God bless you, was enough. Why my grandpa, great-grandpa, didn't fill his out, I have no idea. But I do know this, that his son Harold went outside to chop some firewood because there was nothing there. This is stories that I heard as a kid. A young boy going out to chop firewood 
because there was nothing to be had and they was about to freeze to death in the house and dad was going on a drunk. Caught pneumonia. And didn't survive. Our decisions has consequences. And sometimes it don't just affect us, it affects others. And when we don't go, who knows the result of all that? God wants us to go. He wants us to do what he wants us to do. It's not the same. People in this room, you have resources that God will allow you to be a blessing to somebody that just that others can't do in this room. There's others in this room that have all kinds of wisdom that may not have the resources. But God has called all of us here and united us together in a single purpose to save. Do what I've called you to do. And because the Red Letter Challenge is over doesn't mean that we can just throw all this in the wind and say, I've been through that, and buy me a Red Letter Challenge shirt and wear it around and say, I, I took that book. I hope we continue to live this out. Amen. Don't you? Next Sunday, according to some things I've been listening to, it's probably the they think it's a pivotal time in history that it's a, a, a thing that and there's people been working on this for several years and maybe you've seen a commercial on TV less that you put that up just to keep playing but not that should be another slide you've been watching TV have any of you seen Marshall and at the end of it says he gets us. They've been running these for several months now. And a lot of them during football, a lot of them during different things, but the He Gets Us campaign is something that the church is doing and there's it's intentional, it's got a lot of things and there's a website for it, just go on He Gets Us and you can actually go in there and uh, you get a shirt get a hat, you can get stickers, you can get whatever you want, but their whole goal is to um, show the world that's never heard of Jesus who Jesus really is. And the culmination of all of it is next weekend for the Super Bowl. So how many likes football? I like football. I like watching football. Don't know a lot about it, but I just kind of like watching it. So, but there's a lot of people meet together for football, and we've done some Super Bowl parties here at the church before, but I, we're not going to do that this year. I, because in the midst of the commercials on Super Bowl, some of it's pretty great, right? We know that. Pretty raunchy, if you want to call that. I don't know if that's appropriate for the church, but it is. Um, he gets us, has bought ads 
two different times in the Super Bowl, which is very expensive. But there's a very wealthy Christian that said they don't. His name's not on it. Not, you can't even find out who it is. Has purchased this so that there's an opportunity for people to introduce people to Jesus. And these ads are going to be playing. And if, if you're going to have a party at your house, Super Bowl party or something, one thing I'll ask you as, as pastor is. Don't just invite only friends. Invite stranger, if you will. Jesus asked us to entertain strangers, right? Maybe some people you don't even know. Maybe find some family that maybe don't have a lot of resources to have a Super Bowl party and don't make them bring stuff. Just feed them. Feed them good. Give them a steak while you're eating a bologna sandwich. Okay? And when these ads come on, it's going to make a place for you to be able to have discussions about Jesus. So if you want to go anywhere this week, next Sunday, the Super Bowl's going to be on. Invite some people to your house. Throw on a shindig. Get some food. You can invite people from church if you want to. Some few people, but not everybody. Okay? It can be people from any walk of life. Maybe it's co-workers that you know that you might want to have some time with. But it'd be a good way to go. To get them, they're not going to come to church with you. But they might come to your house with you. And it might be an avenue where you can get Jesus to them. It's going to be hard to do otherwise. And he gets us is going to make it available where that you can so it's not only that not everybody has to do that I'm just giving you a pathway that you can do but I believe God's calling us as a body to go and to do and to say open your mouth sometimes it might just be God bless you and that's enough sometimes it might be sitting down and having a full-on conversation and answering questions. And that's okay, too. I want you to bow your head with me, if you will. And just like my great-grandfather's ticket, he didn't turn in and he didn't get what he had coming to him. Just imagine that's a spiritual ticket that God has called all of us to salvation. Thankfully, my great-grandpa later on in his life as an old man gave his life to Jesus and they tell stories about them going out with an axe and cutting ice out of the creek and baptizing him up there in Kenny Connect and gave his life to God and someday I'll get to see him in heaven. If you don't know him in this place today, if you never accepted him to be your Lord and Savior and you never gave him, given your life to him. And you know you're living in sin. You know that your heart is heavy. You know that your load is too much and you're burdened down with the cares of this world and you're sitting here today and you're saying, I'm hearing about this Christianity and I'm hearing about this life that God allows me to have peace and, and you want that today 
you desire that today. I promise you God has given you a ticket. And it's in your hand right now. You gotta decide, am I gonna turn it in? Am I gonna turn that ticket in? Am I going to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior? Maybe you don't even afford you walk away from him. You need to return in that ticket again to turn it back in and say, God, I'm sick of failure. I'm sick of these faults that I'm living with, and I'm asking you to help me in the midst of my trouble. Save me from myself. And you just need to turn in that ticket. Today is the day of salvation. He's knocking on your heart's door right now. He's asking you. Give it to me. And I'll save you where you're at. In this moment. Nobody looking around. Everybody heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here today and you're you're sensing that Jesus through the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart's door right now and he's asking you. Give your life to me. And you can know that it's you. And you you're sitting here and you're saying, it's me. I've got this ticket. I've got to turn it in. Now's my time. I need saved. I just want you to lift up your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I give. I'm giving my life to God. If that's you, I just want you to lift up your hand and say, that's me. I give you my life. Anybody here? Today is the day of salvation. God, I give you my life. Father, I thank you for every person that's represented here, for their families. God, I thank you for this place that you allowed us to assemble together today. God, I pray that your word would cause us and stir us to do the things you call us to do. And Lord, as you send us out into our community this week, allow us to go. And Lord, as we study the Red Letter Challenge this final week, God, let it culminate in us being a church of active members that go into the world, not to condemn, not to browbeat, but a church that would go into the world to show the love of your son, Jesus. And the God that you allow us as a church here at the bridge to make a difference in the communities in which we live. Help our job sites. Help our families. Help our relationships to be what you've called us to be. And God, for all those here that have given their life to you, God, I pray that you would just bless them. That an abundance would come upon them, God. Give them words of wisdom, words of knowledge, of understanding. Lord, as they go and they speak to those who you send them to, as they are willing to go, that you would equip them to do the work of the ministry, to be involved, to show compassion. In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone says, Amen. Amen.